Support comes from Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to sustainable and sound conservation of the state's forests, which support more than 41,000 Missouri jobs, resulting in a $10 billion industry. Choosewood.com. It's Thursday, April 21st. This is The Gateway. I'm Wayne Pratt. Students in the St. Louis area are determined to read books that some parents want to remove from school libraries. They say it will provide a fuller picture of race in America. I feel like uh, different perspectives are necessary to accurately uh, portray history. St. Louis Public Radio's Andrea Henderson will have that story in just a few minutes. A bill funding Missouri's charter schools is another step closer to becoming law. The Senate has passed legislation that includes a major funding change from a bill already approved by the House. St. Louis Public Radio's Sarah Kellogg reports. Under the House's version of the bill, money from public school districts would have been used to fix a so-called glitch in the formula to make up a difference in funding for Missouri's charter schools. Now, under the Senate substitute of the House bill, the state would instead take on that burden, calculating that difference and funding it through the foundation formula. Democratic Representative Rasheen Aldridge of St. Louis City called the Senate's version of the bill historic. This is investing more money into education for charters to be able to be lift up at the same level as public schools, but it's not taken away from nobody. The bill now goes back to the House, where if passed without any more changes, would then go to Governor Mike Parson. In Jefferson City, I'm Sarah Kellogg, St. Louis Public Radio. Missouri's Republican and Democratic Senate contenders are stocking up their campaign coffers in the run-up to the state's primary election. St. Louis Public Radio's Jason Rosenbaum has more. Missouri Senate President Pro Tem Dave Schatz put in another $1 million of his own money into his Senate bank account, which was more than any of the other candidates brought in between January and late March. Not counting self-funding, Democrat Lucas Kuntz raised the most money, around $850,000. Because Democrat Trudy Bush Valentine entered the contest in late March, she did not file a campaign finance report. Congresswoman Vicki Hartzler took in the most money among Republicans with around $497,000. But those numbers do not include political action committees, such as one supporting Attorney General Eric Schmidt that raised more than $1.8 million. I'm Jason Rosenbaum, St. Louis Public Radio. The St. Louis Health Department plans to hire 22 employees and create a new behavioral health unit in the next fiscal year. Funding for the expansion is part of the city's proposed $1.2 billion budget, which is going up about 5%. City officials presented the proposal yesterday to the Board of Estimate and Apportionment. It includes money for pay raises in all city departments. If approved, the budget will fund new positions in various departments, including public safety and government. The city's budget director says the financial blueprint does not rely on American Rescue Plan Act funds. The number of COVID-19 cases is on the rise, again, in St. Louis County. The county's health department says an average of about 100 people a day are testing positive for coronavirus. The highest increases are in the central and west parts of the county. Health officials call the rise, quote, concerning, but say hospitalizations and deaths related to COVID-19 remain low. St. Louis University is making it easier for student athletes to strike name, image, and likeness deals with local businesses, donors, and alumni. The university has launched the Billiken Exchange. That's a website connecting student athletes with prospective business partners, and it handles payments between the parties. 
Missouri is among the more than two dozen states now allowing college athletes to cash in on NIL sponsorship deals. Patrick Risch is the director of the sports business program at Washington University. You see the benefits to the student athletes and to the school to create and take advantage of existing partnerships, existing relationships to foster, hopefully for the Billikens, more opportunities for their student athletes. Analysts project college athletes throughout the U.S. will receive hundreds of millions of dollars in NIL contracts this year. Republican lawmakers and conservative parents are demanding schools remove books that discuss sexuality and racism. Many are written by black or LGBTQ authors. St. Louis area students say they are determined to read banned materials to better understand black history. St. Louis Public Radio's Andrea Henderson reports. 17-year-old Maya Walker reads two to three books a month. Most of the literature the Francis Howell North High School senior takes in is written by authors of color or those who are LGBTQ. The next couple books that I plan on reading are like The Bluest Eye by Toni Morrison. I don't know, like some of the books that are being challenged, but it's really important to me that I read books that like have experiences that are different than my own. The Bluest Eye by Nobel Prize winner Toni Morrison is one of the 10 most challenged books of 2021. That's according to the American Library Association. People challenge the book because they say it contains sexually explicit content and describes child sexual abuse. Walker, who has a black dad and a white mom, says she barely learned anything about black history in her classes beyond slavery. She was so determined to gain a deeper understanding about race in America that she enrolled in an early college program at St. Charles Community College. I've always been the kind of student who like, oh, I want to know more about that. I'm going to go home and look it up or I'm going to read a book about it. And I was tired of having to do that like outside of class rather than like having that information like provided for me. Walker and other students may have to continue to do their own research if parents continue to demand school boards remove books that discuss racism, gender, and history from school libraries. The students have been reading the challenged books for years. They say parents and lawmakers are trying to keep them from learning by banning books, especially by black authors. University City High School junior Muhammad Lee and his classmates want to read books like Stamped by Ibram X. Kendi and Jason Reynolds. It examines racism and identifies ways to become an anti-racist. The 16-year-old is upset that lawmakers want to ban teachers from including lessons from the 1619 Project, which places slavery and its legacy at the center of American history. I feel like books like the 1619 Project or even Stamped, which we read our freshman year, I believe, they offer a fresh perspective. And I feel like uh, different perspectives are necessary to accurately uh, portray history. Another University City High School junior, Michael Simmons, says teaching Black history isn't meant to portray white people as oppressors for what happened in the nation's history. Teaching history is not meant to cause people to feel guilty. It's not meant to uh, label certain people as certain things. It's simply just meant to teach us where we come from, even though those things may be hard to grapple, 
It's the truth. Some conservative parents are also questioning superintendents and their curriculums. They want more control over what their children learn, but Sharonica Harden Bartley isn't bowing to that pressure. The University City District Schools superintendent encourages teachers to prepare lessons that support Black voices. Our goal is not to be polarizing, it's not to be rebellious, it's not to really be controversial. We believe that it is important for us to truly understand our history, um, to truly understand diverse perspectives, and to really uplift and, and celebrate Black authors, Black writers. Pan America, a nonprofit that fights for freedom of expression, found that schools across the country banned nearly 1,600 books in the past nine months. However, association officials say many Missouri parents oppose certain books because they include obscenities or references to the lives of queer people. Maya Walker, the Francis Howe North senior, says students should be free to read any book as long as it's age appropriate. Authors are intentional about what they write. I don't think that anyone would make a malicious decision about what they're putting in children's hands. And I think we should trust our educators and our librarians about what they're putting in our libraries for children to be able to access. Students say they'll continue to read challenged books to broaden their views and to be a better advocate for long ignored people. I'm Andrea Henderson, St. Louis Public Radio. Our David Casares edited that report. Shula Newman is the executive editor of St. Louis Public Radio, a listener-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. I'm Wayne Pratt. This has been The Gateway. Support comes from Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to sustainable and sound conservation of the state's forests, which support more than 41,000 Missouri jobs, resulting in a $10 billion industry. Choosewood.com.